We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is September 27th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. I'm joined by my co-host Luke Sylvia and producer Kevin. The season is here, boys. Media day was today. We're recording this Monday night. How are we doing, fellas? It is over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. We're going to shut it down. The offseason has come to a close, and we can finally turn up the heat a little bit more. The season's starting soon. Training camp, like you said, season starting. I'm feeling great. Kevin, how what how are you feeling? Ladies First and gentlemen, media day in the books. I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2022-2023 NBA season. It's here. And in fact, mm. seven days from today as we're recording this, six days from today as you're listening to this, we'll be watching some preseason basketball on Monday. I'm so excited. Can't believe it's here. This should be a really fun season and let's let's get it going. So uh, you guys, this is coming out Tuesday. Um, just a, a quick heads up uh, as we're talking through this. So a lot of you know there is a hurricane approaching the west coast of Florida. Uh, me and the boys here just starting to kind of plan, you know, what that is going to look like. Uh, we're going to try to move forward with stuff as normal, but, you know, Mother Nature kind of seems like it has different ideas. So, uh, yeah, um, there will be an episode coming out on, on Thursday. We're going to make that happen one way or another, but... Yeah, if if it's a little delayed, you know, just just bear with us. There is a natural disaster bearing down on the west coast of Florida, so a little bit scary. But uh, yeah, that's uh, we'll we'll get that taken care of. But as you guys are listening to this, it is the first day of training camp. We had media today. We're gonna break all that down. It was a ton of fun. Me and producer Kevin were there, as uh, our not as good looking uh, co host uh, was not able to was not able to join us mm. on Monday. Mm. So uh, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. There's like a beauty meter in order to get into me today. Right. And they're like, nah, that kid, Luke, he right. can't come. Nope. He's not allowed. He not can't allowed. do it. Uh, Luke also in, in light of his child coming to the world here in the next few weeks, uh, can't really afford to take off much work. I'm in a sales role, you know? So I'm thankful for a company that, you know, provides base salary, but at the same time I gotta, you know, daddy's gotta make that money. 
you know, before I'm out for an extended period of time. So I, I listen, if there's anybody that is going to represent the show, I'm glad it was you and Kevy getting it done in Orlando. Just proud of you guys. You guys, uh, you guys crushed it out there. Speaking of daddy, I'm going to kind of jump the gun. I feel like we got to talk about Luke's Ooh. shirt and Jonathan's shirt and my shirt. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If uh, those on so, YouTube, you're getting the full experience yeah. right now. You're getting, you're getting it all. You're, you're getting, getting the, show. The, the chest right now. <laughs> So yeah, well, uh, we we hey. rolled out some Yo. some new uh, shirt designs. So Kevin, Kevin, can you turn around? Can you give us a little oh, uh, a little one eighty here? So, I'm not in my normal our, studio. Our, in case our, you audio, tell. our audio listeners are just like so confused right now. Guys, yeah. do you hear the so, back of my shirt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we released some some new designs, and we wanted to debut them on the shirt. So I'm rocking the Orlando versus everybody. It's got the six man show logo um, on like the upper back. Luke's rocking the Wen Daddy. And then uh, Kevin here has the uh, the six man show breast logo with the the motto by fans for fans on the back. So if you guys want to help rep the show, the six man show dot com slash shop. And this is a really weird thing, Luke. Can you get that up close to the camera? Because I'm I really love the Win Daddy graphic. I'm because I'm, move, I'm moving the mic. The two and I'm getting in there. They got the goggles on them for the eyes. Look at that. That's hot. Beautiful. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite yeah. one. If you guys are if you guys are on audio platforms, switch over to YouTube real quick. Pause we'll, this. We'll post some pictures Go there. That. We'll post pictures of social on social of our of our shirts. Perfect. Be Perfect. Great. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's a it's a great great detail there, and uh, yeah, I think these these shirts turned out awesome. Hope you guys enjoy them, and we'll uh, snag one. Again, if you want to find one of those, you can find us at the sixmanshow.com slash shop. So we've got these shirts. We've also got like a polo. If you're a, if you're a polo kind of guy or gal, uh, we've got some hoodies up there as well. So uh, go ahead and check out some merch. Every little bit, you know, helps uh, helps support the show. Helps us do things like going to media day. You know, so we have the equipment that we need to to do that. So we're gonna jump into media day in just a moment here. But wanted to remind you guys again, as now we're getting into training camp and soon enough the preseason coming up on October 14th at seven o'clock. As the Magic take on the Cleveland Cavaliers at home, that is going to be the Magic's preseason finale, the last game before the start of the regular season. Uh, We're putting together a group of fans to go and try to fill the lower bowl, make some noise for our Orlando Magic, and just get everybody ready for the regular season. So if you would like to attend that game with us and be a part of our group, you can purchase your tickets at FIVO.me slash The Six Man Show. That's FIVO, spelled F-E-V-O. Dot me slash the six man show to purchase your tickets. They are limited. And two lucky fans who purchase tickets to the Cleveland Cavaliers game are buddy John McCall with the Orlando Magic. He is a sales rep that's helping us out with this event. He's giving two lucky fans, so two sets of two tickets to the preseason game versus the Grizzlies on October 11th. So uh, really excited about that. I hope you guys will come out again. That's FIVO.me slash the six man show. All right, before we talk about Media Day, I just wanted to take a moment because Kevin and I can both attest to this. It was just incredible. It was such a great experience to be there. But we would not be there without you guys, without you listening and and downloading and and watching the show on YouTube and interacting with us on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is, without you guys coming out to our events, you know, like the draft lottery party, you know, the magic, like they take note of things like this. And without all of that, I don't think we get invited to media today. So to media day today. So it was just honestly a dream come true to be in the building for that and to get to experience that and be a part of it. So just super appreciative to, to everyone that 
help support the show in one way or another. It was just so much fun. But but Kevin, I, obviously we're going to bring Luke into this, but you know you and I were there. I want to ask you. We talked a little bit, but what was your like feeling and just thoughts like walking in the building today? Yeah, it was a, a couple things. Because um, first off, obviously a cool experience for us, something new, but it's also a, a brand new facility. And I know we'll maybe talk about that a little bit more, but kind of walking into that space for the first time was really kind of cool and definitely felt like um, kind of the start of something new for this organization, this franchise, obviously a new era. We talk about the team and the players, and there was just kind of an energy in the room. And obviously we don't have past ones to compare that to. Um, but yeah, the kind of the energy in the room was really positive and, and really encouraging. And um, I think a lot of people are looking forward to this season. You could kind of sense that in the, in the room there. Can we just talk about the smell for a second? Like when you walk in there, like, I don't know what those floors are made out of, but it just smelled like wood. It literally just <laughs> well, smelled like a brand new floor. Wood, Jonathan. Yep. Well, yeah, I know that, but I mean like, is it pine? Is it, is it sycamore? Is it oak? I don't know what the, the floor is made is of. Is it W's? Just yeah, there's gonna be a lot of W's. W's. There's a lot of W's there. But no, Kevin, just to echo you know what you're saying, everyone that you talk to, whether it's other people covering the team or, or team employees, they're just like, What about this place, huh? Like this is this is something something special, isn't it? And everybody, everybody that we talked to today, every player, uh, you know, Coach Mosley, everyone just talked about how like incredible the facility was. Luke, did you like watching the, the interviews, did you get that sense that everybody like couldn't stop talking about the building? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was at every turn. I, 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 I bet you know who I bet was also kind of watching along with us, trying to get any type of glimpse at the uh, practice facility as possible. Desmond Bain. <laughs> I bet that guy was locked <laughs> in, looking around just like I was, and just like everybody there was. Like, it, it, truthfully, it, it, it's awesome because you just feel like there's already so much going for this team from, from young players, uh, the young core, the talent that's on this roster to the number one pick to people coming back healthy, maybe not during training camp, but people coming back healthy players coming back healthy. And then kind of the cherry on top and really what might end up being one of the more important parts of this, you know, rebuild retool phase that we go through that we're going through is the advent health, you know, training facility. So just really awesome to just hear everybody continue to echo that sentiment you guys incredible that you guys got to go and, and experience it firsthand um, and, and just in, incredible. I mean, I, like you said, just everybody talking about it. I think this is going to be a key contributor for years to come. Just to talk like a little bit to take fans kind of inside media day and what happens. So obviously the magic have the new two full courts and then the two half shooting courts off to the side. So um, like the, the news stations are there kind of set up to, be scheduled with their one-on-ones with each player. And then there are uh, like different stations where they'll talk to, you know, the radio team or the broadcast team, or they'll have like different, you know, like photo op areas. And then kind of in the back, I don't want to say the corner because it's a pretty large area, but that's kind of like the quote unquote media scrum where each player like kind of makes their like rotations through. And I I tweeted this um, the, the night before. So Sunday night, is that it kind of had like a like a first day of school like kind of vibe to it like I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear and like oh who who are we going to see like like who's going to be there kind of thing and that's very much the vibe there you can tell that like folks haven't seen each other all summer like the players have seen each other but like team personnel like a lot of the folks that are there covering the team haven't seen each other all summer haven't seen the players all summer so 
it, it's very much that kind of vibe. Like, oh, hey, how have you been? You know, what was your summer like? What period do you have chemistry? Like, not that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, but that was that was very much the vibe. But so the the morning for us uh, really started um like pretty pretty promptly at eleven uh with with Jeff Weltman, you know, the the president of, of basketball operations and. You know, he he definitely talked. He had some you know injury updates, which we'll get into more in, in just a bit here. But really talked about you know team expectations, and and we were lucky enough um, after his like brief availability, we got a couple of, of minutes, kind of one on one with Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball uh, operations with the Orlando Magic, and we're going to go ahead and play that clip now. All right, we're here at Orlando Magic Media Day with uh, president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman. Jeff, um, you've been here, I think you're going into your sixth season now with Correct. the Orlando Magic. Um, obviously, the team looks a lot different than it did when you first got here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the pieces that you've acquired up to this point and just the overall makeup of the team? Well, obviously, we're going through a very different phase than we went through um, when, when our group arrived. Um, I've never been more excited about our prospects, but obviously, we are extremely young, and we have to be um, aware of what growth looks like for us so we need to play better basketball we need our young guys to understand what winning looks like in this league and those things don't happen overnight so patience encouragement teaching you know these are a lot of the elements that we're going to have to pour into this time of our development of this team that said i think we have a lot of talent a lot of character a lot of players that fit one another that we're really eager to see grow up together last year there was a big emphasis on just learning and development you know, with the, the young roster that you had. Is there a, been a change in expectations from the franchise perspective in terms of what would a successful season look like for the Magic this year? Well, you know, Coach Mosley uses the phrase level up, right? So I think that, you know, look, it's going to be more of the same. You know, we didn't go sign, uh, you know, um, uh, veteran leadership into this team. You know, we, we, we added more youth. You know, we added two draft picks, 19 years old. And, um, you know, this is what we're about right now. So what does leveling up mean for us? Playing better basketball, right? Fewer mistakes, understanding role orientation and how that affects winning, conditioning, all of these things that kind of um, veteran teams seem to grow into um, seamlessly are things that we need to pour into our guys, you know? And we have to allow them the space to grow into that. It doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, we want to play better basketball if we do that, the, the wins and losses will take care of itself. The timeline will take care of itself. The players will tell us. The team will tell us what's next. Yes, yeah, so that was kind of cool to get to chat with Jeff there for uh, a couple minutes. But uh, it's, it's really interesting, kind of some of the things he talked about. You know, you think about where this team was, you know, six years ago, whatever it's been before he got here. His fingerprints, him and John's fingerprints are all over this team now, you know. Uh, not just on the court, obviously, we know they, they have a type, right? As far as the, you know, the uh, long guys, you know, uh, <laughs> athletic, mm-hmm. athletic mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. all those things. So anyway, um, good defenders and, and versatile and everything. But even off the court, obviously, the, the training center being one of them, the staff is completely different as far as the structure um, and then a lot of the personnel that have been added. So it's interesting to hear him talk about kind of, you know, where things are now, you know, versus where they were when, when he got here. But uh, all of us seem to agree that, you know, our, our faith is still in, in John and Jeff and, and we're on the right track. Yeah. And, and not a surprise to anybody, uh, just like in every media availability that Weltman is involved in very buttoned up, uh, with, with Jonathan, obviously, 
But like we said, awesome for, you know, to get to even have the opportunity to to chat with him briefly as it was uh, just super cool. You know, you, you basically get like the same energy that you always get from him where, you know, this is the most exciting time and those sort of, you know, quotables that, that he has and continues to maintain just good to good to hear from him. Great to see everybody. Like Jonathan said, first day of school type of environment and you felt that in every interview, even with Weltman, I just think that he's probably giddy to get this season going and see what the what his product on the floor looks like completely healthy. Yeah, it was great to talk with Jeff Weltman again. We really appreciate him taking the time at Media Day today. We do want to take just a moment to go ahead and shout out our financial supporters of the show. If you're new to the podcast or you haven't listened in a while, we do have a Patreon channel now. Uh, where you can subscribe to three separate tiers of benefits that we have to help financially support the show, help us do all the things that we do. Every dime that comes into the Patreon right now goes back into the show to help us you know, add additional resources or upgrade equipment, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So we like to shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every episode. We'll go ahead and start with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Bailey Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Franz Godefichot, Ryan Singh, The Distract, I'm Ron Burgundy, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Luke's mom, Breadhead, and then Brian Leggins. Thank you all so much for your support. We really couldn't do a media day today without you guys. Yeah, we, we really actually wanted to read all of our all of our patrons' names during media day today, but the magic told us not to, so maybe next year we can do yeah. that. We we started too with uh, Wendell, and they're like, "No, you, you can't, you can't do yeah. that." Yeah, not really, but uh, that would have been great. Yeah, you called him Wend Daddy, and they shoved you guys off the, out of the way there. Ke- Kevin, uh, Kevin's friends were like in the chat today, like, "Hey, how can we get you guys kicked out of Media Day?" Yeah, like, like, what question no. could we could you ask that would get you kicked <laughs> out? There were some doozies in there. All right, let's talk about the biggest takeaways from Media Day. So, uh, I think one of the first players that we met with today was was Cole or as they're calling him now, Swole Anthony. And I think I blurted out like, whoa, like watching Cole walk across the floor toward us. That dude, is, I don't know if he either changed his jersey size and went down a size, um, but but jokes aside, Cole has very much been working on his body this season, and it is apparent. Like the dude has probably put on anywhere, I would guess, between like five to ten pounds of pure muscle. Talked about how he just completely changed up his eating regimen how last season he was just eating like Chick-fil-A and, and Papa John's every day. And he's like, y'all think I'm playing like, no, I'm for real. Like that's all I was eating last year. And he's, he's just eating chicken and Turkey and, and veggies and, and that kind of stuff now. And it's, it's very apparent. He's getting the college out of his system. That's all he was doing. Right. You, you don't get that long in North Carolina and then you're still trying to figure it out. I know exactly what that was like because that was my college years in a nutshell was pizza and, and Chick-fil-A. So I get it. Maybe I should change up my my eating regimen. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what Cole what what's Cole been doing, huh? You think you think he's just like eating right and then working out the same, or did did he talk about like has he been lifting or like putting an emphasis on lifting even more? Did he talk about that at all, or just kind of dietary changes? No, he he didn't. At least I don't remember him mentioning really much of that. There might have been a little something, but mostly diet. I'm almost positive somebody asked him that, and he's like, "No, I've literally just been eating better." Like yeah. I'm pretty sure it's crazy how much of a difference that can really make for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm yeah. a skeptic when it comes to stuff like this. We hear every year 
at the start of you know media day or training camp media saying or people on twitter saying oh so and so looks jack so and so looks whatever so i i every always take it with a grain of salt every year right it was legit like we read a little bit of that like last couple of weeks no cole is different now like built different yeah. like for real totally noticeable mm-hmm. it was very surprising when he like like jonathan was saying once he turned that corner and walked across the court i was like oh whoa whoa yeah well that was the first thing i said to you guys too like kevin you alluded to the fact that like you're kind of hesitant to believe that that's actually legitimate and it's not just like the angle of the photos or whatever because that happens all the time in the off season like you said because that was the first thing i said to you guys that because one of the first things you guys said to me was like no like swole anthony's real it's an actual thing and my first words were is it real or is it just like you guys have just not seen him that close that many times and you guys are like no like he legitimately he he has added a lot of muscle yeah that boy is literally built different now like not to get you know too into detail about this man but like you can see it in his biceps his shoulders his chest like like cole's been cole's been uh you know doing right by cole you know this this summer so but he you know he talked about really the the main uh emphasis for that was like just being able to take that contact like in the in the paint and the lane being able to finish at the rim a little bit better so yeah Cole Anthony um you know the the personality was on display as always with Cole was a lot of fun but yeah definitely a a, a transformation in his body and uh, a a big change uh for a, a magic player in terms of the way that they pronounce their name um so mm. i i missed the first part of of Chuma's availability so Kevin was like, hey, Chuma changed the way that he pronounced his name. I'm like, where is this going? Um, but now he is pronouncing his last name OKK. So we've been calling him Chuma Okiki the last few years, but and he's been going by Chuma Okiki his entire life, um, but did some more research into um, just like his, you know, his family and speaking with his you know, like Nigerian cousins uh, this offseason. They're like, your name is not Okiki, it's OKK. So he is he's he's really embracing that um, and is now uh, going by Chuma Okeke. And I feel bad because I think there was like sometime in the the last few months I roasted somebody for calling him Okeke. I'm like, his name is Okeke. Yeah. And little did I yeah. know they just had the the scoop way before all of us. So it, it's Chuma Okeke now. That this was one of the, the bigger surprises. There was a lot that happened at media day, but this is one of them that I was like. I'm going to have to catch myself every time. And it's never going to feel normal to say, okay, okay. And it's like, it, obviously like you, you don't feel too bad uh, in general, just because he's going, he's been going by, like you said, Okiki his entire life. Like this is not something you were just mispronouncing that we were mispronouncing. It is just similar to a name change. It feels like, but, but he's obviously trying to do right by like where he came from and his heritage and everything. So I can respect it. So Chuma Okeke it is. Yeah, or you could just be like me and just keep calling him anomalous. You know, that's easy to pronounce and you know. <laughs> Chuma baby. <laughs> Kev Kev's out here breaking breaking out and I'm dance with those jeans again right here, listening. right here. We can jam to oh, perfect. Be careful. Chuma hit us with that copyright strike. Ooh, we yeah, definitely do not careful. want that. <laughs> gotta be careful. We definitely don't want that. Only play a few seconds. Only right. play a few seconds. But right. uh, but yeah, it's definitely going to take some time uh, getting used to that. I can't wait one day to tell my kids like, oh, you know Chuma Okeke? I've known him since he was Chuma Okiki. And they'll be like, dad, what are you talking about? 
and then I'll have to like give them like the little you know history lesson. Yeah, or children gather that'll around. be that'll be the new like casuals call him OKK. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. casual fans know him as Chuma OKK when the rest of us you know fell in love with him when he when he was Chuma Okiki. If you didn't love me at my Okiki, don't love me at my OKK. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, dude. Yes, I love that. All right, the next thing, and I think. You know, Luke talked about how we've been dismissive of this player in the past, but it definitely feels like we have to have a real conversation. But one of the biggest takeaways for Kevin and I was just Bull Bull is a massive human being. Like we're talking about professional athletes, all of who are, you know, six one, six two at the shortest, but like Bull Bull is on another level. We know Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba are big human beings. Bull Bull almost towers over these guys. He is insanely tall. Yeah, that mm. was that was one of my takeaways. Like he was standing next to Mo Bomba at one point over at one of the other stations, and I was like, "Wow!" Like he he he's looking down at Mo. Like which we knew he is. Like technically, you know, like you look at the heights, but like even just his like presence, it's like, dang man. But what's interesting is we've we've heard his name a little bit more recently. You know, Terrence has mentioned him, I think on his show or maybe Twitch, one or the other. Um, a couple of the other guys have talked about him. Like he's making some noise. Uh, we don't know how much noise, you know, obviously we'll wait and find out here the next week or so, but uh, it's interesting that he's being talked about this much. I think there's still a lot of excitement for his, his potential. Yeah. When you talk to people in the organization, like people, everyone kind of says like, you know, they don't know anything. Like, uh, of course, no one knows anything, obviously, but almost everyone that you talk to, they're like, Hey, I'm what about bull bull? Huh? Like every, everybody seems to be getting excited about bull bull. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it's going to turn into. We're going to see some more in preseason. He talked about the fact that him returning had a lot to do with just him having an opportunity and like a, a, a path to minutes. So he believes that, you know, he has a, a chance to like crack the rotation. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens with Bull Bull. Well, that's the thing, though, is that like we we obviously in light of the news of like Markel might not start the season. We really don't know for sure for for certain for certain. And then Jonathan Isaac, you know, in light of that news as well, you talk about who benefits from minutes. And often when it talk when you talk about Markel maybe being out start of the season, you want to think about maybe a guard or something could benefit. But Bull Bull, I mean, maybe they slide lineups around and Bull Bull gets his shine in the beginning of the season. And if he is really what they are saying he is, you know, in terms of just like the flashes he has shown, specifically, like you said, like with Terrence and stuff, then maybe he is going to get minutes and also kind of further prove that he deserves those minutes. I mean, who really knows how this is going to play out? But Bull Bull uh, might be someone that, that we do form an apology for here soon into the season and like as soon as you tweet out like you'll like i tweet out like bull bull it's just like a massive human being like everyone's like oh snap here comes bull bull like people are, are really getting excited so i mean he's like kevin said you know terrence talked about him you know on the podcast people around the organization seem to be excited about him he's a super talented player still a very soft-spoken guy like for a guy that is that big like you know you you would expect yeah. him you know maybe to be a little scarier but very very nice guy that was one of my biggest takeaways is like how likable like bull bull is i i haven't seen too many interviews with him so uh, it was it was exciting to, to getting you know, get to hear from him and, and looking forward to what he's going to bring to the team here um starting you know with the preseason 
But I wanted to take a moment just to talk about uh, Coach Mosley. So we got to meet with Coach Mosley um, second, I think it was, right after Jeff Weltman. And um, Coach Mosley just really, it's, it's a different tone than it was last year. And, and it was echoed really to everyone that we talked to today, just in terms about like a, another level of accountability. Like there was a, an element of that last year, but I think everybody has heightened expectations around the team. So here's a uh, coach Mosley talking about uh, what the team keeping each other accountable is going to look like. You mentioned accountability and growth. What does that look like on the court in terms of coaching them or in a game? Like what is accountability in that sense look like? Oh, that's a great question. And, and what I say to that is, we talk about our guys leveling up. And for us, it's dominating the simple. It's how do you sprint into screens? Are you setting the screen with the proper angle? Uh, when we're asking you to slip out of a screen, is that what it looks like? Is it a, a certain box out? If we're crashing the glass offensively, did you go, did you not go? Um, how many times did we have to tell you to, to go to the glass? Defensive rebounding, um, our ability to make the simple and easy pass and the easy play. We asked our guys to be great decision makers, and sometimes that has to do with not just the basketball in their hands, but it has to do with off the ball. When are you cutting? When are you moving? When are you creating space for your teammate? All those things are coming into play because we've walked through all of that through camp last year and through the entire year. So now we'll be able to hit home on those even more so now. So, I mean, essentially just like holding guys to like a higher level of accountability to do what they're supposed to be doing and play to a certain level. You know, it, it's not just going to be about like development. You know, it, it's going to be like performing and, and doing what you're supposed to be doing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
Yeah, yeah. He alludes to a lot in there about leveling up. That's something we heard as well in the the Weltman, you know, interview that that we got to do. Like he he even ties it back to, you know, something that Coach Mosley says a lot is leveling up. And Mosley really gives you kind of a, a peek behind the curtain in this instance of you know, holding yourself accountable, even down to like the degree you're setting a screen, but not just doing it right once, like consistently. And that really seems to be the message is like, in order to level up, I think the ultimate point that you can get to and the way you can describe it is that you're doing the same thing over and over again, consistently. You're not just kind of one, one at a time. Like if you do it right once, but you do it wrong the next time, he expects his players to hold them accountable. Um, and he's obviously going to hold them accountable to that process as well. I think that like, that is just it's something that this young team needs is somebody that is going to be very much in the details and encouraging everyone around them to have a voice to hold them accountable, to do those things. I think that is the quickest path to success for this team. And I think Mosley in that respect, like you hear him talk like that and you're like, this is the guy that I want leading this young of a roster to greatness eventually. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you think about kind of the trajectory of Coach Mosley. You think about last season, him, you know, being his first, not just season with the Magic, but season, you know, season as a head coach in the NBA. Um, I feel like maybe last year was a really good opportunity to establish the relationship, like the trust between player and coach and coach and player, um, which is a really important foundation if you're going into this year talking about accountability. And so, um, that having that trust, knowing that Coach Mosley wants what's best for each player and therefore the team, um, can kind of you know in, encourage your trust in him when he's really hard on you, uh, when he's kind of nitpicking the small things, you know. But again, it's like accountability that's required to take us to the next level. And so it's been it's kind of cool to look back and 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 think on that kind of how the process has been, and, and definitely looking forward to see how the leveling up concept is implemented this season. And it was like really a theme just throughout all the players that we met with as well, like talking about being accountable and not only keeping themselves accountable, but holding each other accountable. They even mentioned like sometimes having difficult conversations, but just making sure that people are, are doing what they're supposed to do. I think it was Jalen that mentioned like, you know, there are things that we can say to, to Coach Mosley and he's not going to take it personally. And there's going to be conversations that he has with us that we're not going to take personally because we all know that we all just want to make each other better and we all know where we're headed and, and, and where we're going. And just the point about last year was like building that like that relationship and, and setting that foundation, because even though there are new guys coming in now, it's almost like um, like if you think back to like Greg Popovich and they, they always talk about the way that he treated um, Tim Duncan and that he talked to Tim just like he talked to everybody else. If you keep it uniform with everybody, nobody can take that personally. And it, it just it just sets the culture. And you can tell that, you know, Jamal Mosley has done that. And you can just tell he's just so much more confident heading into year two. He's so much more comfortable. Um, it, it was it was great talking with Jamal. I'm just really excited to see how he's going to grow. And then the one of the next guys uh, that we heard from uh, after, I think it was after Cole and maybe Bull Bull. Um, or was it before Bull? I don't even remember. There were so many guys that we talked to today. Um, uh, Paolo Bancaro. Just like you, you felt towards the beginning, like the, the scrum was like, slowly but surely like growing and everybody was kind of like squeezing in when Paolo walked over it was just everybody was like like the air was like almost sucked out of like the scrum and everybody was just like hanging on every word from Paolo and you know the rumors are true like you see the guy on tv but when you see him in person like he's every bit the same size as like 
Wendell or or Mo or like one of these other guys. And we all know, you know, kind of the way that he moves without the ball. But uh, Luke, what did you take from from Paolo's availability? That dude is 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 confident. Like you just hear him talk, and you're like, yeah, I believe what he's saying. Like he could tell me the most outrageous thing, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, you 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 elaborate on that well, Mister Bancaro. Um, just really that that respect, and he obviously in that you know talked about his relationship with with you know Coach K and Duke, and um, how that has really like helped build him into the player that he is, and just like continue to capitalize on that, and and really like what that exposed him to as far as like something that momentous as you know Coach K's last season. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you get the same sense that you get from hearing him talk any other time, which is like, this guy is just a killer. Like he's going to dominate the game and is going to be able to, and like Jalen, I believe is, is who you had tweeted about as well with the quote, Jonathan was like, Paolo can be as good as he wants to be. That got me excited. You get that, you, you, you get that feeling when you hear not only others talk about Paolo, but hear how Paolo talks about Paolo. Like he he is incredible when it when it comes to that confidence piece, and it is everything that you want in your rookie, especially the number one pick. So I believe it was Cody Taylor uh, that asked Paolo what he thought was going to make a successful NBA season, and this is what Paolo had to say. Paolo, for you, what does a successful rookie season look like? Uh, yeah, I would just say um, one I do just want to be uh, a great teammate. Um, I want to, you know, definitely as a team being in contention, you know, whether that's a playoff spot, playing, like just be in the mix, you know, and compete every game. And then, um, you know, I also want to be rookie of the year. So that's just a personal goal I set for myself. Yeah. So hearing, hearing Paolo say those things, it's, it's all, all the right things, right? All the right things you want to hear from your rookie. Um, yeah, if you check all those boxes off, we're, we're going to have a good season here, obviously, because, um, Paolo isn't the whole team. Obviously, we got a lot of guys on the team, a lot of guys that we think can do well. But I think Paolo's success is going to be an indicator of team success. You know, I think if Paolo has a great season, if he is rookie of the year, all those things, you know, naturally we would expect, you know, this team to take a jump uh, from last year, you know, adding a guy like Paolo that does some things that we haven't had on this team before. And so, um, yeah, if, if you can check all those boxes, like, like you talked about, that, that would definitely put us in the right direction. Can we for a second appreciate that Paolo just willingly said, like, one of the things I want to do to consider this season a success, I want to win rookie of the year. How many times do you hear rookies just talk around it? They dance around it. They they praise their draft class and the guys that they're drafted around, maybe, and they don't get to the point. Paolo's like, point blank, I want a rookie of the year. And like you said, Kev, like that is absolutely going to tie in to the success of the Orlando Magic. There are a couple players on this team who you can directly correlate the success of the Magic this year, but no one greater than Paolo. Like if we if he is as good as we think that he can be this year as a rookie, I personally think that he could be a 20 point per game scorer this year. If that's the case, like you said, the sky's the limit for this team and there's no reason we can't be at least talking play in if he is stays healthy consistent and and can produce every player today in in one way or another I think was asked what they think like Paolo brings to the team and and everyone really talked about like his specific skill set like he's a big moves really well can score from all three levels can play make 
I don't know if we did a good enough job of asking like how they feel like he raises the the ceiling and the floor of this team because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just another year of being together, but everybody just seems so much more confident. And we'll 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 get a quote uh, from Terrence Ross here in a moment, but like I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that Paolo is on this team now. And I don't think we did a good enough job of asking that. If I could go back in time, I think I would like to ask guys that question more. Like, how much better do you think Paolo makes the team? Like, this, do you feel like just the acquisition of Paolo gives you guys that much more of a, of a better chance? Again, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but just everybody seems so much more confident. And I think we'll we'll talk about that um, in, in a moment. But I, I want to spend some time talking about Markel Fultz. So. Um, in between the last episode and and this episode, uh, the Magic made the announcement that that Markel Fultz um, you know, suffered a, a fracture in his, I think, in his big toe, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that press release said something like he heard it in a in a workout, if I'm remembering co- correctly. But Markel made it clear today that he was just at the crib walking around <laughs> barefoot and stubbed his freaking toe, just like any of us would. And he's like, you know, I, I tried to ice it a little bit. It was still bothering me. So I, I went in, got some imaging, and, you know, we found that it was fractured or, or broken or whatever. He was in the boot the majority of, of the day today. Um, but my one of my favorite quotes from the day was he said, if it was up to me, I feel like I could go right now, but, you know, I, I'm crazy. So I'm, I'm ready to play. But he uh, obviously is is listening to the – um, the wiser advice of, of the the team staff that wants him 100% right before it gets out there. But he kind of gave us you know, the impression today that he, he might not be out as, as long as we initially thought. Yeah, it's probably one of those, like, if game seven of the finals was tonight, he'd play, you know. But, you know, it's the start of a season. He needs to get healthy. I'm sure it doesn't feel good. Like, if you ever had a broken toe, like, that hurts. That stuff hurts. And so, oh, you haven't? Nobody? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that sounds painful, man. You look down and you got your purple no, toe. I, I need a I need a day. I need a day when I just hit my toe really hard and I don't fracture it. No. So, you know, the the fact that you break it, I uh and I also thought it was really funny. Like in his his quote, he was like, I don't know, like I can't remember exact the exact quote, but he basically was saying, I don't know if they're calling it a fracture or a, a break like what he said, like a break or like, like he didn't know what they were Yeah. Yeah, he, he said, I don't remember what they said. And at that point I was like, Oh, he's fine. Yeah. He's He's fine. He's just not going to be in training camp. Yeah. This isn't too serious, and we're going to see Markel Fultz you know, very yeah, soon. Yeah, just a couple of weeks probably, I would guess, but we'll see. So he tweeted out, I mean, I know that we've talked about it, but he tweeted out a few weeks ago. He just tweeted out fourth seed and like the little the little purple devil emoji, which got everybody super excited. So I was like, what did this guy, what did, what did you mean by that? Like, obviously, you know, the, the tweet kind of speaks for itself, but just what was the thinking that went into that? Because if you're confident enough to tweet that, you know, fans want to hear like what the thinking was behind that. So here's Markel talking about that tweet. Markel, a few weeks ago, you tweeted out uh, fourth seed. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you meant by that tweet? Yeah, uh, I just put it out there. I was talking to a couple of my buddies. Um, and I truly believe that we could be a fourth seed. And um, I just put it out there. I just put it out there, not saying anything. Obviously, I didn't put too much in it. I didn't want people to go crazy. But uh, just put, hold myself accountable. You know, you got to believe. You got to manifest in order to get to anywhere you want to go in life. So... Just putting it out there in the world for uh, when that day happens, you know, uh, y'all won't be too shocked. You know, I won't be shocked at all. Again, I believe in this team. I believe that we have a lot of young talent. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a lot of hard work, but I believe we have a chance to do something very special. You know, I think we 
like I said, I think we're going to do some special things this year. Well, first of all, Jonathan, I just want to give like kudos where it's due. And I tweeted this, I quote tweeted it with that. And I was like, we need to normalize asking players about their tweets. I just feel like it doesn't get done enough. And it was something so subtle, but the fan base loves it. The Obviously, everybody loved that that he was asked about it. So kudos to Jonathan for asking that question first and foremost. But then, you know, he, he talks about like, you know, I just wanted to tweet out a little something that like didn't get anybody too excited. I was like, bro, you know good and well that everybody was going to just take that and run with it. I mean, everybody, everybody in the Magic organization, people obviously were retweeting it and whatnot. And so people from other organizations were like maybe clowning Markel for like saying four seed, like, you know, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's like, while it was good to hear him double down as well on like, no, yeah, like I said what I said, that tweets out there. I knew it would be out there type of, you know, talk from him, but just very refreshing because when's the last time that you heard any player in this organization like earnestly talk like in the last couple of years about being anything higher than just making the playoffs? This is Markel is going to take what Mosley was talking about in terms of leveling up. And Markel wants to level up a lot because it takes a lot to get to the fourth seed. I don't know that I'm on board with the match being a fourth seed, but I appreciate that, like, you know, you walk into games thinking, you know, we have a chance to win this. And it just speaks volumes about where they're at. And like you said, the I don't know how much Paolo being a part of the team helps, but I imagine it helps a lot in terms of the confidence of where this team can be. And the last thing I just want to add a, about Markel is um, when he's talking about the you know the injury and kind of coming back from that, you can tell just like the the level of frustration that he has because he he talked about how the knee obviously came back from the ACL felt great better than it ever has how he, you know he's been working on his body he came in a little bit lighter than what he normally plays at has been walk, like working on his game really felt good uh, but the good thing about Markel is we saw him bounce back from the the ACL last year he came in looked like he didn't miss a beat his style of play is so compatible with other players although you know he's going to miss out on training camp and that level of you know familiarity starting in training camp and preseason with guys you know like like Paolo and um, just getting acclimated to the starting lineup. It's a, a little bit of a setback, but if anybody can come back from it, you know, I, we know that it, it's Markel. Yeah, I'm just, I'm slightly bummed. If if he doesn't start opening night, for the only reason, obviously us Magic fans know he's going to be fine, but if only for the, the, the casuals out there or the NBA fans, when we tell them, oh, Markel's starting day one, 100%. But if they're casual and they see, oh, he's, you know, coming off the bench, cause he, but you know, we'll explain it's because he's got an injury, you know, he's, he's coming back from his broken, fractured, whatever toe. Um, <laughs> but either way, you know, sounds like not a huge thing. Glad to have him back here soon. Some more injury news. Uh, we were really looking forward to, to hearing this update going into training camp. Uh, we knew Jeff was going to get asked kind of right off the bat to start off the day. So we're like, okay, either this day is going to be the best day ever, or there's going to be a little bit of a, a damper uh, on the on the day, and unfortunately, when asked about Jonathan Isaac, Jeff Waltman said he's still not 100% back yet. Um, he's not going to be a full participant in training camp, at least not in like the live action. He's going to be a participant in drills, um, but he's not yet all the way back. So before we talk um, more about this, let's hear from from Jonathan Isaac and 
just the way that he's feeling about the injury here. Jonathan, you seem like you, you feel like you might be ready to get back on the floor. What, what's been the messaging from the team in terms of like final hurdles that you need to clear uh, to re- resume full activity? Well, there, there are no more hurdles um, that we have to clear. We've kind of hit these different you know, points of like the sprinting work, the, 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 the jumping work, the, the body contact work. And now it's time to like, can we put it all together with, you know, with the way that we're working out, you know, where it's like, okay, you're guarding this guy, then you're on offense over here and then you're hitting this guy. Can we put it all together and do it enough to where we feel comfortable to let you out there? Um, if it's on me, I'm like, I feel comfortable right now. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're going to give me their timeline and um, just, you know, take it one day at a time and attack it. Have and they be ready given to go. you any kind of timeline on that? No, uh, not in terms of like when they feel like it's going to be something, you know, specific. Um, I think it's just the way my body responds. So as we ramp this thing up, can I, can I, can I do it multiple days in a row of running, jumping, hitting, sprinting, dunking, um, and be okay? Or is it going to be, you know, two to three days and okay, I need a break just based on how I'm feeling? Because a lot of this stuff I, you know, I haven't done, you know, in a, in a, you know, at game speed. And so um, I'm just excited to hear that word game speed again and be at, you know, be ready to ramp to game speed. So you heard from Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, obviously, he's not ready to go from the the team perspective in in terms of starting training camp, but I was very much under the impression, and I think other folks there felt the same way, and you just really heard Jonathan Isaac. If it was up to him, you know, he feels like he's ready. You know, the, the team has gotten him to the point where he's running, he's jumping, he's dunking, he's bumping it, you know, and, and, and banging down low and, you know, taking contact, all that kind of stuff. And the team is, is looking for him to be able to put it all together to where he feels comfortable. He said he feels comfortable. And now they're just kind of waiting for him to get everything back to game speed. So, Luke, I don't know about you, but to me, it doesn't seem like he's that far off. We feel like he should be back. But hearing him talk today, I mean, sure, if you listen to him, he's ready. But I, I don't know. I just can't help but feel like he's not that far away now. Yeah, and there was kind of that. Uh, you guys were obviously just like fully indulged in media day and being present and being there. Meanwhile, I was able to kind of get the gauge from fans that had heard this news in real time about J.I. And it was like immediately, man, everybody was like, um, like when the first when Weltman gives like essentially his opening statements about injuries and he talks about J.I., everybody's like, man, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm so done. Trade him. Do this. Do that. And it was interesting as the as as time went on when J.I. was talking you you saw kind of that kind of talk dissipate like it did almost didn't happen and and it's only because ji is just so confident in his ability and what he said in those you know in his time and his media availability you know as you hear is i'm i feel like i'm the best player that i have been to this point and it's like you hear a guy say that and you're like man i don't feel like at least i got this feeling like i don't feel like you say that unless you really believe that like there's a lot of things that you can chalk it up to. Oh, what else is he going to say? He didn't have to say that. He willingly said it and and went on to say like, yes, I, and this is important. Like I would, I, I want to play now. I would think if it's up to me, like I'm going to play that, you know, I'd play now that sort of thing. But then he did go on to say that's in terms from like a rehab perspective. But where the, where it differs is he said, I'm not ready to go game i've not done all of that stuff that i've done in the rehab process fully in game speed yet essentially he just needs to get his his conditioning up and be able to give you 
you know, anywhere from 26 to 30 minutes a night makes you also understand and really confirms what we were thinking, right? Which is like same way that Markel's return was handled, probably like 20 minutes per game for quite a while, maybe not back to backs, that sort of thing. And the, the normal type of precautions that we've seen from this front office. Yeah, conditioning was the word you know that kind of came to my mind when I was hearing him talk, and he kind of explained it a little bit. You know, all those pieces are there; it's just putting them all together, putting them together at speed. And we even got to see, you know, kind of on the court behind us, he was he was throwing a couple down, you know, getting up pretty high and, and looked good. Um, obviously, that's a totally different ball game than actually going up against guys and and doing it at game speed. But um, yeah, it's it's a mixed bag, right? And I t- I'm totally right there with all magic fans, you know, in our, in our mind and our calendar, it's like, this should have happened by now. You know, he, sh- he should have, he should be going a hundred percent tomorrow. Unfortunately, that's not where we are, but you know, it does sound like it's close. The phrase that Jonathan used that was there's light at the end of the tunnel, Jonathan Isaac I'm referring to not Jonathan Osborne, but a uh, uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and so I, th- I think we're close. It is, it's genuinely, I'm, I'm disappointed that it's not tomorrow. Um, I'd love to see him play preseason, you know, next week, but um, hopefully, hopefully it's soon. I think one of the the positives is like if, if you're trying to come back in the middle of the season, there's just not much like team practice time because the the schedule is like so crazy. But um, like pretty early on, we have a really lengthy homestand. So if he starts to like work his way back and, you know, maybe sometime during that homestand, there will be some you know off days and some practices. Um, I, I don't think they have like any back-to-backs or maybe one back-to-back. It's like seven games in like 14 or 15 nights, I believe. But one thing just came to mind while we're recording this. Do you all remember when we heard that Markel Fultz was like back practicing with the team? It was like late November, early December when he rejoined the team in like the West Coast road trip in LA. And then we didn't see Markel until, what was it like? Yeah, like late February, early March. Late, late, it was like, I, yeah, it's like three months. Yeah. So I, I hope that's not the case with Ji, but I mean, obviously, it's an abundance of caution. You've you've already like invested a, a ton of money into Jonathan Isaac, essentially. You know, two years into his four year extension, you know, he hasn't played. So we're hoping to see Jonathan you know, as soon as possible. But it it did instill a lot of confidence, you know, hearing him talk today. Yeah, if you had if you had Weltman, as the last thing I'll add here is like if you had Weltman and just his quotes, you probably feel different differently about the whole situation. But like you said, hearing Jonathan Isaac speak about it, it's like, oh, well, like the reality is in the middle, probably somewhere. And I feel good about that reality. In all honesty, we've come this far. You can't just like all like just start giving up on Jonathan Isaac. If you've been giving up on Jonathan Isaac for a year plus now, like continue to 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 sulk and be irritated about Jonathan Isaac. But it, for those of us who haven't thrown in the towel on Jonathan Isaac, we're excited, and we we really hope that this return is sooner rather than later. And that is something that also he also like he said that too, right? Like it, it's going to be sooner rather than later, and that is the goal. Luke, like you mentioned, you know we were kind of like in the thick of things when we first like tweeted that update out on Jonathan Isaac. And when Kevin and I called you leaving media day, you're like, yeah, you tweeted that. And like Orlando magic Twitter was just like imploding. (laughs) So I didn't get a chance to look at my phone until I got home and was eating dinner, like around like, I don't know, six, seven o'clock tonight. And I realized, man, I haven't gone through like the notifications from the day. 
And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Luke says it was burning the ground. Let's take a look. And I'm reading. I'm like, yep. Orlando Magic Twitter was it. burning to the ground. Like people were were freaking out. So um, it, it's good to hear that things calmed down a little bit once we started to hear from from Jonathan Isaac. And uh, hopefully he's back soon. So we met with Terrence Ross, you know, the 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 wily veteran, the longest tenured Orlando Magic player and you know the oldest the elder statesman of the team at this point and for me you know, we we've been talking about this as we head into training camp like is Terrence going to be here does he want to be here we've been talking about this all season and for me that was that was really what I wanted to hear from Terrence today um so we asked him you know the beginning of the season or the beginning of the off season it seemed like you didn't want to be here now you seem really excited what's going on and and this is us talking with Terrence Ross Terrence, earlier uh, the off season, you were on a podcast and you made it seem like you didn't weren't sure if you were going to be back in Orlando. But recently, we've seen you just been one of the more outspoken you know members on the team on your podcast and on your streams about how excited you are about the Magic this year. What what kind of changed in between uh, then? Um, I mean, honestly, anytime you get the number one pick, that is going to put everybody in good spirits from the players to the city to the to the front office people. So, I think. You know, when we got that pick, that was you know, a good start because that's where you know, things start to boil down. You're going to get the best player available. So, and then on top of that, like, I think picking Paolo was exciting just because, you know, I think everybody up to that point was thinking, hey, we're going to take it to Chet or maybe even uh, Jabari. So it was just kind of like seeing Paolo, I felt like he was the guy that was kind of most well-rounded to what we need and he kind of would fit us the best. And seeing Paolo was like, okay, that's exciting. Like, number one pick is he's going to be a stud coming in here. And, you know, just even working out with him and just seeing him with the team, like, he fits in so well, man. It's not, like, any ego with him. He's, he works. He, he wants to get better. He's, he understands, you know, what the situation is. So anytime you can get that, it, it, it feels like it makes everybody feel good. So, um, for sure, getting number one pick, you're going to have fun that year. So I think that's kind of all we we're expecting. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting hearing Terrence talk about that. We've kind of been uh, on this roller coaster with him in some ways, you know, thinking all the way back to the the trade deadline. I guess it was 2021 uh, when you know Vooch and Evan and Ag were all traded. Terrence has talked about it openly several times. He thought for sure he was going to be a goner that day. He just knew the writing was on the wall. Uh, but then he he wasn't. You know, he he stuck around for the rest of that season. But then he thought, you know what, 2021 off season that'll be the time. And then it wasn't. And so. It's kind of been this, like we said, journey, you know, over the course of, you know, these last couple of years. And even this past season, when it came to an end and early in the off season, he kind of spoke on Twitch or on his podcast or somewhere, you know, that he was, you know, thinking like this, the last year might've been his last in Orlando, but then, you know, things happen you get the number one pick and all that kind of stuff, things change. And I know he talked a little bit about that, but it's kind of cool to have a veteran that's all in, like pumped up, not just like all in for the paycheck, but like he's fired up. He's genuinely excited. He believes in this team and believes in in the ceiling that we're all trying to reach, and so it's pretty cool to have him have him around. And I'm looking forward to to seeing him, you know, contribute this season. For me, the funniest thing with Terrence was obviously at the beginning of the offseason, it was like I'm moving on, I'm ready for something else. And then when we we kind of went into you know the the Twitch chat like a week later, and we're like, hey, like like what's going on? Like, do you want to be here? Now it sounds like you know you might want to stay. And he kind of walked it back a little bit and gave us kind of like a non-answer and was like hey like i've been in this league a long time if you want to be around the league a long time like you don't want to upset people like you want to be a good guy in the locker room 
And it seems like just throughout the summer, each time he talks about the magic, he's like a little bit more excited and a little bit more excited and a little bit more excited. And to me, it was just like, all right, so he wanted to leave. And then we drafted Paolo. And now that we have Paolo, Terrence is like all aboard. Like this kid is exactly what we need here in Orlando. Now I'm here to stay. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get some more, you know, media attention. And even he said, he's like, I'm not afraid to say it. Like he said, worst case scenario, this team should be a play-in team. Like worst case scenario. We've been talking about that's best case scenario. And here you have a, a veteran who's been around the league a long time. And he says, that should be the worst case scenario. That's a big deal to me. Yeah, I, it's it's nice to hear. It's just another, and this time it's not a, one of the young players talking about it, right? Like it, it is an older veteran player who has been in this league for a while, knows what it takes to win, knows what it takes to stick around. And and you have Terrence kind of talking on all aspects about this. It's refreshing you know, that that really is what this media day was for me. It was just refreshing from everything we've talked about, all the new things, all of the peop- you know, players still being here, keeping that continuity and leveling up and, and Terrence speaking about just that, that worst case, right? Like worst case plan. So I, I would love to believe it, but I just, you know, We've been burned so many times, but it is encouraging. And I'm, I'm glad that Terrence feels that way. If anybody's going to think optimistically and maybe a little bit unrealistic about teams' expectations and what they can do, you want it to be your players. So Terrence is excited. Terrence was having fun at Media Day. Gave us a little shout out, you know, on the, the Instagram story, which was pretty cool. So we're, uh, we're happy to, to have Terrence here. And he even talked about how he's preparing to be able to just take difficult shots all year. Like that's what he worked on this summer is making and taking like highly contested what you might even call like bad shots because he knows that's what he's going to get because teams are just going to be so focused on him. It's his normal shot chart too, like in his tendency. Like it's funny to me that like that's what he's working on and he's already, you know, in past seasons has shown those are the shots that he shoots better than wide open three-point attempts. So encouraging to know that he knows what's coming his way this year. He's maybe able to prepare a little bit more. He's in a better maybe like mental state in terms of like how happy he is to be on this team. It's very nice to know that that Terrence is going in with this mindset when last year at times we just weren't sure what he was really thinking in terms of this team and his future. So it has been uh it's been a long day for Kevin and I. I know we've both been up since the the bright, you know, early hours of the morning. So we're we're gonna touch on a, on a few guys here who we've really just you know, talked about all, all season. Like Jalen Suggs today, the biggest takeaway today, like asked, what, what, what did you work on this season, this off season for him? It was the jump shot. Didn't rework his mechanics, anything like that. It was just more so getting his mechanics consistent, making sure he has a, a good base, um, you know, bringing the ball from the same pocket every single time, bringing the ball up the same way that, you know, the, the same release, it uh, doesn't matter if the shot's being rushed or if he's off balance, just the same mechanics every single time and, and really getting his, his confidence back. You, If you told me that he was lacking confidence last year, would not be able to tell that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Jalen, you know, it seems like he's going to be a much more comfortable and confident shooter this year. Speaking of confidence, let's talk about this for a second. Franz Wagner, just oozing with confidence. I asked him if Eurobasket really helped his confidence because you would think, you know, winning bronze for your 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 country 
hitting a 35-foot step back in the you know, one of the best players in the world's face. I feel like that would boost your confidence a little bit. He's like, eh, not really. I mean, I've been I've been confident. So the fact this kid just like swagger, confidence, you talk about it. Am, am I right, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. And uh yeah, definitely even just walking in the room, it's like, oh man, Franz is here, you know. Uh, it was it was also cool to kind of talk with him about that whole experience, you know, the whole representing Germany in his home country in a major tournament. Um, definitely you could tell it was a it was a, a, a point of pride for him. Like he he felt really, really, you know, a lot of accomplishment in that, you know, maybe a little bit bittersweet that they didn't reach you know gold or silver but bronze still a gigantic accomplishment for germany i loved hearing him talk about dirk as well got to spend some time with him this this summer got to witness his uh jersey retirement the germany uh jersey retirement for dirk and his his face kind of lit up when we talked about that and um definitely gives him kind of someone to aspire to be like um, not just for the german national team but also in the nba and also maybe i just i'm putting this together now maybe he wants to be like dirk so much that he's with the same franchise for his whole career you know what i'm saying <laughs> come on franz let's go <laughs> yeah and and mo talked about that as well like so like obviously the younger guys you know they want to win gold but a lot of those guys that have been there like were some of those guys even played with dirk to finally win the bronze was a really big deal to them so it was it was a lot of fun for them luke what uh what did you take from your boy gary Gary, Gary Harris. I, uh, I, what I took was I love this man. That's what I take from, from, from Gary. Just the, the same vibe you get from him has permeated through like his, his, just like his time. It's grown even more. Like just he, he's just calming. Like for, for him to hear him talk on the court off the court like he is you know very much like his personality is very similar in those ways so um just awesome to hear from gary and in, in, in general um obviously we hope to have him you know back on the court sooner rather than later much as the case with markel and ji but i i just love what what gary brings to the table um and just awesome to hear from him and and hopeful that we're able to see him soon I feel like um like the the vibe like around Gary was that like the meniscus injury that he had was like one of the the better I mean for lack right. of a better term of the better meniscus injury that you uh, could have so hopefully he'll be back soon for him and Mobamba you know obviously re-signing with the team uh, the question was like what was it about you know the magic that brought you back for Mobamba it was like really the familiarity you know with the the team and you know the organization he knows that he's going to have a, a path to play here and Gary, you know, we talked a little bit with him about like, how would you compare like the early Denver years to what you guys have in Orlando? And he, he thought it was pretty similar. And he said, you know, you'd be surprised how quickly things come together. He said, we missed the playoffs two years in a row by one game. The next year, the lowest we reached the entire season was three. So um, he said they have a chance to do something really special. So a veteran that's been around the league for a long time, like Gary Harris, realizing that something special is brewing in Orlando and wanting to resign here. To me, that was a big deal. And then the last thing that I really wanted to touch on was just every guy that we talked to today, whether it was Jeff or Mosley or or Cole or, or Paolo, Markel, J.I., Franz, this just exuding confidence, not only about themselves, but about this team and what they can accomplish. Kevin, did you did you have that vibe too today? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting. We're talking about just Gary Harris, you know, the fact that the two vets, like the two guys that have been around the longest, and not only been around the longest, but two guys that have 
you know, been there, done that as far as wins, you know, they, they don't have rings, but they've been around really successful teams in, in Denver and Toronto. And even Terrence was on the, the playoff teams here in Orlando. And so uh, for those guys to be some of the most, you know, outspoken, verbally confident guys on the day, you know, as far as putting, you know, projections and goals and stuff on the team was, I think that speaks a lot. Like, it's kind of scary, honestly. Like, I'm like, we sure like, is this, is this where we're going? Which is, it's kind of cool. I don't want to get, you know, my heart broken again, but you know, it's, it's kind of cool to hear those guys speak so highly of what's currently in place and what maybe could happen this coming season. I mean, I think that's really going to do it for us for media day. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great opportunity to be there. Um, guys, any last thoughts before we wrap it up here? I'm so excited. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just cannot <laughs> wait till Monday night. I know it's preseason. I know we're just going to be like scrounge around looking for a, you know, a jumbotron feed or something like that. Um, it, it'll be a, a lot video of fun. Board. It's a video board, Kevin. a video come board on, feed. Man. Excuse me. Yeah. Just looking for something, you know, Bally sports hasn't come out with their broadcast schedule yet. You know, as far as, um, obviously hopefully it's all 82 regular season games, but then, you know, preseason actually, no, it would be 80, potentially 81 games. Cause as of right now we have a TNT game, so we'll see. Um, uh, hopefully we hang, we hang on to that. But as far as preseason, we haven't heard what they're going to do. Usually they don't broadcast the first couple at least. So like I said, we might be, you know, scrambling around looking to find something. But either way, Monday night, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're so close. We are we are just so close. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, man, like th- there's nothing else to add at that point. Like we're we're ready to see the basketballs on the court. We're ready to see Paolo Bancaro in a magic jersey that's not a summer league jersey and not at media day, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. The team seems to have like a heightened sense of, of focus right now. I, I can't wait. So Monday, they're basically they're running two a days. So like a morning session, an afternoon session. And then there's there's going to be a media availability. We won't be able to be there, uh, but media availability after the first like morning session. So just excited to hear how that first session went, because like for most of these guys, they know the terminology. They know what the coaching staff is looking for. So, man, I just can't wait. I know there's a few guys that we're missing, but it's going to be really exciting. So, again, a great day. I hope you guys appreciate our media day coverage. Um, I hope we don't ever get used to this kind of stuff. You know, it's just every you know few months for us, it just seems like another like lifelong dream is coming you know true for the team. And and I hope we just never get used to this stuff. I hope it's always as fun as it was today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, um, you know, hopefully we we gave you the media day coverage that you're looking for, but we're going to go ahead and sign off here. Uh, I hope everybody stays safe with the the hurricane that is coming. There's any, you know, changes with the recording schedule episode schedule. We'll be sure to let you know, but for Kevin Tucker, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.